Hey guys, and welcome back to the Bosch Cotney podcast, hospitality news brought to you by the industry titans. And once again, big thanks to Aaron Sinkaya for coming on on Tuesday. Really enjoyed that podcast. We go back 10, 12 years and uh, his journey and his rise to being general manager of Cafe de Paris is truly phenomenal. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you can visit my anchor profile and check out all the last seven episodes. Now to today's titan, Asher Grant, who is the owner of Rain Club in London. Now, for those of you that don't know Rain, Rain is probably the biggest nightclub in London. I actually threw the Jack Whitehall Brits after party there last year and it was truly uh, one of the best nights I've ever put on in my life. We're going to talk to Asher now and it's an inspirational story of how a boy goes from a cupcake kid to one of the club kings in London. Enjoy the show guys. And welcome back to the Posh Cockney podcast, hospitality news brought to you by the Industry Titans. And today's Titan is Asher Grant, who is the owner of Rain Club in London. Asher, how are you? Yep, very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, great to speak to you, mate. Been a while since we've seen each other, but um, tell us what you've been up to right now. Well, obviously, currently, because of uh, the, the coronavirus, I'm in self-isolation, which um, I, honestly, it's not all bad because I think for, for everyone, it's a, a time to kind of slow down the pace of life a bit, um, you know, read read the books they haven't had time to do, catch up on life and, and actually kind of appreciate everything that they had before. So I, in a weird way, I think that we'll all come out of this one strong because of this so yeah I can I can tell you that I'm going through uh, a lot of books sitting by the window it's uh, it's quite a relaxing time at the moment any you can recommend to the listeners uh, what's what am I reading right now right in front of me I've got how to win friends and influence people by uh, Dale Carnegie which is just one of the best books I've ever read so I think that's sitting right next to me right now you can't go wrong with that I could list off plenty though so <laughs> you let me know and I'll, I'll give people a load of stuff if they want to read I tell you the, the book I'm looking forward to read is your memoirs um, <laughs> when, that, when that comes out in a few years' time, there'll be some stories in there for sure. Yeah, I'm but, sure there will be. Yeah. Before we talk about where you're at right now, let's uh, go back to where it all started and tell the listeners your journey in the hospitality industry. Um, I've known you for probably 10 years, and I think I met you maybe at District, was it? Tell me how it all started, how you got in the game. So interestingly, I'd, um, I was working at Harrods in the perfume department, and I was the, we would have to spray, what I suppose, offer, offer clients if they'd like us to spray them with perfume. And I remember I had this as like a sort of, first job out of school and I, I hated it miserably and I, I had a friend who worked in, an, in a nightclub called, it was called Whiskey Mist at the time she said oh you should you know you should come and try and be a promoter I think you would really enjoy it and I was like oh I don't know what that is but yeah and for, for anyone who doesn't know a lot of nightclubs or venues around the world will pay these promoters to help bring guests to the venues so at 18 years old there I was spraying my perfume and they were like why don't you try it one night and I, I remember I did try and I had a couple of friends from working in retail and I remember uh, making more money in the first night than I had made in the previous month spraying people with perfume and I just this light bulb went on in my <laughs> in my head and I was like wow there's there's really something to this and so over the years I kind of accidentally kind of climbed the ladder I suppose I think you know what it is I was just very young and so grateful for the opportunity I wasn't necessarily that bothered about getting drunk or partying or, or meeting girls or anything like that I was just really focused on there's a huge opportunity here um, there's so much money coming around in this industry and I'm I just I want to be a part of it so I did everything I said yes to every opportunity and I kind of just put my head down and, and worked for a couple of years and then I started to realize there was another angle of things which was kind of all the clients all the all the guys coming and spending a lot of money in the venues and I thought wow that's a that's a totally different angle but I think that's actually a, a much smarter way to go because you know you start to mix in those kind of circles which which can only be good for your network so I switched and I think when I was 
uh, 23, I became a, a waiter. So I'd, I'd been a promoter for a while. I'd even uh, been in marketing departments. I, I was the first guy to clean a table if it needed to be. But then it was like, okay, great. I'm going to try and be a waiter now. And uh, from that, it just it kind of blew up because every night you're serving these ultra high net worth individuals and you can just create this bond and connection with them that you just couldn't do in, in any other setting. So you're getting to meet the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, multimillionaires and billionaires, and, and you're just this young kid having a, a pretending to have a shot with them. And, and before you know it, they think you're the coolest guy in the world. And so your network starts to expand. And I, again, I thought, well, there's definitely an opportunity in this. I started networking all the, the five-star hotels and uh, like any kind of concierge services um, so that they would send me their clients. For, for a long time, I used to deliver cupcakes to all of the five-star hotels in London. And every week, they, they, were like, <laughs> they were like, what what is this guy just delivering us cupcakes? And I was like, here's my here's my card. If you have any clients, let me know. And eventually, they uh, someone from my hotel called me. And they're like, are you the cupcake boy? I was like, hi, that's me. And they're like, oh, we've got, we've got a guy who wants to go out. And I, I'll always remember the first client I got from one of these cupcake deliveries. He came and spent so much money on the first night that he came out that it cleared all of my debt in one night. And again, it's just this light bulb moment. And I just thought, wow, right, I've got to pursue this. And then, uh, yeah, as time went on, I, I moved around, obviously, several different venues. Nightlife is always changing in London, so uh, as is the hospitality scene. So, yeah, there was always new venues opening and things. And I, I got to kind of see the business from so many different angles because I was always the first one to just put my hand up and be like yep I'll get involved like they'd be like oh you know tomorrow we're refurbing the bar and we have to move it you know the waiters you've got the night off and I'd be like well actually I'd love to come and have a look if that's okay and they'd be like yeah sure if you want to so uh yeah I was a bit like a sponge for everything and then yeah. eventually I um I kind of got I started to get frustrated actually with the with the industry in London because I, I thought we were quite behind the times and at the time with a lot of these big clients that I had met I was always getting invited over to America to, to Vegas or LA or Miami on like nights out with them and of course you know being a young kid I said yes to everything and uh, I started spending so much time over there that I thought wow the the venues and the and the and the clubs and things in these cities they seem so far advanced and in front of where we were in London it, just in terms of the experience but specifically for when a client comes and spends a lot of money how how do you reward um, them for that kind of spending and there was yeah. There was a lot of venues in London and, and London is, you know, one of the absolute pinnacles of nightlife in the world. I truly believe that. And I, we have to be so creative because our spaces are so small. So you have so many incredible venues in London, like Cirque and The Box that are just always thinking outside, you know, doing different things. But in mm. in terms of like big brash kind of stuff, there, there was nothing. So I remember thinking, right, I'd, I'd really like to open my own venue. So I started speaking to some of my favorite clients and saying, hey, guys, you know, is this something you'd want to invest in? And honestly, to my absolute absolute surprise everyone that I asked was just like yep overwhelmingly yeah 100% let's do it and so I then had to be actually more selective about who I picked and and luckily uh the, the guys I went with are just incredible that they, they I've been very lucky in that they have always let me just do whatever I wanted to do um, have never asked you know too many questions and they've just been very patient and understood that a new business is takes time and and honestly one of the the biggest keys to the success was the investing uh, partners that I have behind me because they're just so um understanding and so supportive in every hurdle that we've ever come across. Um, yes. But then, yeah, so in, in April, I think, or March, April of 2017, finally uh, managed to buy Rara Room at the time, it was called. I, I tried to buy a few venues, but it, it hadn't worked out. They, no one was taking me seriously. And eventually, one guy had his back against the wall a bit, and uh, I managed to pull off the, the deal. And then uh, spent six months refurbing, and, and I basically tried to get every crazy idea that I'd ever thought of. Uh, things like a huge jellyfish tank and sparkler cannons and everything 
everything that you could imagine that you could you would have in Vegas. I thought well, I'll put that all in in this one venue, and <laughs> you can't go wrong, surely. I've been to Rain now sort of a dozen times, and every time the best thing about it is it's always a different experience. The amount of time and effort you spend into recreating um, a different type of look for the club, you're refurbing all the time, aren't you? You don't just let it be and say that right, we're happy with that. You actually you're quite aggressive in the fact that you you always want to change and improve. Yeah, I thank you for that. I think that for me the biggest key in any business but specifically hospitality is, is innovation and, and whether that's putting out you know new items on your menu for people to discover or in the case of a nightclub whether it's you know constantly reimagining the champagne presentations or, or putting up new photo opportunities for the girls to take pictures in front of and do your marketing for you I think that always got to be pushing the boundaries because so many of your clients will be repeat customers some of our clients two mm. and a half years in you know have come once or twice a, a week for two and a half years and how do you get those levels of loyalty you've got to at least freshen it up for them otherwise they would you know they would just become bored i've never seen it before but you've got haven't you got the, the biggest table spender plaque on the on, on the wall <laughs> as you walk in yeah. I mean, it's just hilarious. We, it's uh, fantastic, isn't it? I think there's something about rain which, you know, it makes it okay to sort of be a bit obnoxious and really enjoy yourself. Mm. It's the place that if you're going to have a big night, you yeah. know, you don't have to quite fly to Vegas to get it. So, yeah, we do have a, a top 10 spends for, for an individual spend in a night. It needs to be updated now. It's a couple of those have been knocked off, actually. <laughs> Last time I was in there, you've got the ball pit in there now? Uh, yeah, I think there was actually a temporary installation. So I think even then uh-huh. we, we've changed it again. But yeah, we did a big ball pit in a glass box right in the sort of middle of the club so so people can go and jump in and have fun again it's just every venue in the world has got speakers and has got music and yeah. lights and things so it's what can you do that makes you different because you're competing with a lot of other venues it's it's um it's great because we all keep each other honest but um you know how can you push those boundaries i've always wondered as an owner of a venue do you compete with the other owners or, or are you more like a sort of a secret family that sort of uh, compare certain ideas i've always thought if there's lots of clubs in london's good ones then it makes the club seem the best and you, we want to be one of the best cities in the world for sort of nightlife like that so I, I literally couldn't agree more I say the same thing to, to people all the time listen there's always going to be competitiveness and, and I'm sure there's yeah. there's always some stuff that you would say goes on that's probably not in, in the best friends but you know even things like this current situation you know all the all the venue owners are all speaking to each other and all discussing uh, you know all the, the different things in a, in a weird way there's a small family but you couldn't be more right the industry has to be has to excel for people to fly into London and think London's a great place to go out if if there was only Mm. one or two venues in London that were good you know people would just stop coming and I think you know look at the explosion of of Mykonos that doesn't happen from Mm. just one venue like Scorpius you need Alamagoo you need you know all the incredible restaurants the whole Mm. scene it it has to become a a kind of epicenter for it so I think that you know listen we always we always wish our competitors well we just hope that we do a little bit better that's that's what I would say so let's talk about the big C coronavirus right now I mean nobody has been prepared for this and nobody really knows how to handle it because it's so new but how are you guys at Rain dealing with it and and uh what you're doing to survive nobody knows how long it's going to take what measures have you got in place no absolutely it's um i think that it's the <laughs> something like this is definitely the great equalizer and uh in in a weird way it's kind of been made easier in the fact that we're all going through it together as a as a whole planet yeah. i think that helps it certainly help more helpful than obviously if your own individual business just just starts tanking and i think a lot of perspective has to be you know we all whatever individual problems we're all going through whether you've individually lost a job or lost an earnings or one of your business 
businesses has had to close you know in the grand scheme of what's going on with the planet it's just so insignificant and i've i've honestly um managed to get a lot of comfort in the fact that you know we will be okay we'll, we'll reopen again but honestly the uh what's happening globally is, is so huge that it, it's very hard to kind of self-indulge and think oh poor us you know we've had to close in terms of, of what we're having to do you know luckily we, we're in a really good situation after two and a half years as long as it doesn't last for sort of six to eight months you know we think that uh, we'll be able to kind of come back from this relatively strong I, I think that a lot of people are gonna as I sort of touched on earlier I think a lot of people are really going to appreciate what they had before I think that with venues being open every single night of the week pretty much 365 days a year it's very easy for people to to kind of take them for granted the staff the clients yeah. everyone and I think that there'll be a kind of uh, reignited kind of desire to, to want to go out it, it's a tricky one because mm. also you know people will essentially have less money as their as their stocks and shares have plummeted and, and things like that but I think the the suppression of being inside and not being able to go out for six or eight weeks will also have a, have a pretty big impact on people wanting to get back out again because you know they, they need to let loose a little bit for us it's all about looking after our staff really we're trying to do everything we can obviously working with those government schemes and, and the, the kind of uh, fallbacks that we have built up ourselves and how can we look after our staff but particularly the vulnerable staff we've got with the security and with the performers as well we have around 150 employees at rain so you know there's a lot of people in a lot of different situations so the mm. the overall goal is if this does really start to stretch out is just to make sure we can really help people who maybe have slipped through the cracks and, and the net for what mm. the government are doing um, and then of course the the goal is always to to come back stronger and uh, stronger than we were before and i i think that this Unfortunately, we'll see a lot of closures in the hospitality sector. There's going to be a lot of smaller businesses, pubs, smaller restaurants, all kinds of things that maybe bars that they won't be able to reopen. And, and obviously that's that's terrifying. But uh, I do think the cream will rise to the top. And I think that, that therefore there will always be then lots of new opportunities at a slightly cheaper rate for new operators to come in and maybe mix up the market a bit. So I think over the next two years, we're going to see lots of change uh, after this, which I honestly think is only a good thing. I think, yeah, I think uh, change sometimes is a good thing and uh yeah I, I, we certainly feel for the, the businesses that will go under because uh, nobody likes to see that no. but i think individually people will come out the stronger and i think companies can certainly come out the stronger do you think there'll be a rain too coming after this sort of pandemic well we've always been looking at international expansion and there are several cities that we've been in talks with i think the most likely thing is that we would add a fine dining restaurant to complement the the nightclub because mm -hmm. so many of our clients and guests are eating at sort of one of five or six spots in in central london every night before they come to us anyway so you know we quite like to do a sort of american group thing where you can encompass everyone uh, all within your own group so eventually uh, what i'd like is that people have breakfast with us they they eat at our health place for lunch they dine with us for dinner and then they go to you know party at the venues and then one day you know sleep on our pillows and you have everyone in the same cycle well they're, they're big dreams and big ambitions but i'm sure they will come off for you guys i know i know the team that you work with i mean some of the best in the business aren't the, they the, so, but um... like the number one the absolute number one thing to say would be that if you have a good team the business will work and I honestly think that from the lowest position right all, all the way up to the top and sideways, we have the most incredible talent working, especially in rain. So I, it, it fills me with so much confidence because you feel like you're going into war with an army and you feel like you can't be beaten. And, and if you have a, a strong team, as we do, I think that it lets you sleep pretty comfortably at night, which is which is good. I back them a lot. Well, let's. Um, I definitely want to get you back on the, the show when this is all over. But if people now that listen to this want to get hold of you, uh, maybe smaller club owners that want a bit of advice, 
advice because obviously you guys have been doing it right for so long now with how can how can they get hold of you what's your social channels as well yeah sure listen more than welcome to uh, and, and always happy to help you can get me on instagram which is at asher underscore grant 88 or of course you're more than welcome to email me so it's asher at the london rain.com more than happy to answer any questions for any other venue owners or just anyone interested in, in getting into hospitality in the first place it's a, a really exciting industry to be in and of course times like this not, not the best but um i think the the pros far outweigh the cons regardless asha it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you mate and thank you so much for coming absolutely on. likewise uh, more than welcome and, and happy to come anytime thank you very much Liam. thanks mate good luck with everything Cheers. bye-bye, bye-bye. And thank you once again, Asher, for coming on the show. I really hope that people listening to that episode can understand how much graft must have gone into going around to all those concierge hotels, restaurants, bars, and really putting in that groundwork to make yourself something. And look at where he is now. He runs one of the best clubs in London by far. And he speaks so well. Uh, and I call him a friend because I actually really enjoy uh, his time and uh, listening to his achievements and uh, watching him grow. So good luck to the rest of the team at Rain, And join me on Tuesday where we've got David Singleton. Um, He is an incredible character. He runs a company called Socius Group out in Dubai and you're going to get some real insights into the Dubai market right now and how they're coping with the coronavirus. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to check me out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn, it's of course at Liam Norval and drop me an email liam.norval at poshcockney.co.uk and check us out at www.poshcockney.co.uk and don't forget our help email address is still available for anyone who wants our advice during the coronavirus that's cv19 help at poshcockney.co.uk guys i'll see you on tuesday have a great weekend